Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Welcome to the Soul H2O radio and podcast show rebuilding series. I'm your host, Sherry Stahl, and I couldn't be happier you joined us for part two in this group of shows, focusing on the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the exile and how God rebuilds our lives. You might be shocked at how much the experiences of people in history went through relate to exactly what you're going through in 2023. Today is part two, episode 151. Ever feel like someone's trying to wear you down? And it's my intention to help you stand strong when life's trying to knock you down. There's going to be so much scripture in this episode, so I think you're going to want to download Soul H2O journal pages during the first song. Use them to record the scripture mentioned during the show and look up the verses later. Record what God speaks to you and let us know the impact to your heart. Journal pages can be downloaded from the show notes at soulh2o.com slash 151 with scripture graphics or anything else mentioned in the show. Ladies, if you're in need of some girl time and can drive to the Branford area this September 29th to the 30th. I hope you'll join Rochelle Fletcher and I along with a host of amazing speakers like Ann Maines, Wendy Pauls, and Lee Smiles for the Rise Women's Conference at Evangel Church. God's given me some powerful messages to share that will help you rise above. It's an event you won't want to miss. Find out more on the show notes. After the first music pick song, we'll dive into today's Soul H2O Devotion. But for now, let's listen to I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed by our Canadian superstars, Love and the Outcome. Someone call it good fortune. Two weeks ago, the rebuilding series began with episode 149 God is True to His Word. I shared with you the miraculous 200-year prophecy from Isaiah about the Israelites getting back into the promised land after living in exile for 70 years. At the end of part one, we heard how God is true to his word. God brought the people out and back into the promised land. It's quite the crazy story. So if you missed that episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to it sometime. Right now, we're in Ezra chapter 3, and it talks about the first thing the people of God did when they got back into the promised land. I find it amazing and beautiful to hear what they prioritized, and we can absolutely learn from their example. In 536 BC, it was finally time to let the rebuilding begin. Ezra wrote in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, how the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, his fellow priests, Zerubbabel, and his associates began to build the altar of God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it, in accordance with what was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Verse 3 says, despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening sacrifices. Verse 1 says, the people came together as one. How powerful when God's people come together in unity for his purposes. It reminds me of Acts 2, 4 all over again when the disciples were in one accord. 
And I'm not talking about the car. When God's people are united, his spirit has free reign to do great things. This pattern is shown all throughout the Bible. And I share more about the power of unity in episode 140, Women United. God did great things when the Israelites were united, rebuilding the altar, and he wants to do great things through you when you're united with other believers. But has fear of people ever kept you from living your life for Christ or following through with something you felt God calling you to do? How amazing the people didn't allow fear of the opinions of others to stop them from rebuilding. Oh, to be like them. The first thing the people of God rebuilt would help in rebuilding their relationship with God. They were getting their lives right with him. They rebuilt the altar for burning sacrifices to repent for their sin. Our version of asking God for forgiveness. They put first things first. Next, they were found rebuilding their traditions and spiritual practices. Ezra 3, 4-6 says, Then they celebrated the festival of tabernacles and gave burnt offerings. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord. As well, they brought free will offerings to the Lord. They did all this before the temple foundation was even laid. The people were recommitting to living life God's way and honoring Him for everything, even the changes in the moon's position in the sky. In 536 BC, three years after King Cyrus of Persia, the guy we talked about in part one, came to power, Ezra tells us how the people began rebuilding the temple. Continuing at Ezra 3, we're at verse 7 when he says, Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. Yeah, true to his word, Cyrus paid for a big portion of the rebuilding. After their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem began the work. It says they appointed Levites 20 years and older. They all joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. A bunch of ministers doing construction work. Sounds like an old time church building project to me. Verse 10 goes on to say, When the Israelites laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their priestly clothes with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. The temple foundation is rebuilt and the people immediately start worshiping and thanking God. They weren't taking credit for the work they'd labored to get done. They rightly gave God the glory for getting it done. They knew it never would have happened without all the miraculous things he'd done to get them back to the land of Judah with money in tow to pay for the rebuilding. We could learn a lesson or two from these people. 
Verse 12 tells us that some of the older priests were lamenting how they thought this temple didn't have the splendor of Solomon's, the one they saw as children. It was smaller and didn't include all the ritual objects or the Ark of the Covenant because some were missing or destroyed by the Babylonians. Little did they know that the Messiah would one day walk on the very foundation they just laid. Ezra 3.13 says, No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Now that's a party I'd want to be at. The Israelites just experienced one of the biggest miracles their nation had ever seen. For sure, the biggest miracle in their lifetimes. Going from exiles to landowners in their native land would have been quite the rush. They would have been on a spiritual high, feeling untouchable. But sometimes you can get weak legs after a mountaintop climb. Smoke clouds all around Summer is here, and so is the message. My Joy Radio app is the perfect way to receive the Word of God. With 24-7 access to the Joy live stream, you can get the latest messages from the ministries you love, delivered to your smartphone, or download them for offline listening. Whether you're hosting a picnic or simply enjoying the fresh air, My Joy Radio app will be with you every step of the way. Download My Joy Radio app today and let the warmth of the Word heat your summer. Joy Radio, wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Have you ever watched Everest Beyond the Limit? It's a reality TV series that follows the lives of people climbing Mount Everest. What I found most crazy was that the descent down the mountain was more dangerous than the climb up. According to statistics, in 192 deaths on Mount Everest from 1921 to 2006, 56% of the deaths were on the descent down from the summit. Another 17% died after turning back at different points. That means 73% died coming down the mountain. Coming down from a mountaintop experience can be equally as dangerous. John 10.10 tells us how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's not happy when you have these mountaintop moments with God, like the Israelites did rebuilding the foundation of the temple, and he often tries to knock you down off that pedestal whenever you do. He loves to hit hard when you leave camp, a great church service, during a conference or in your private time with the Lord, when you get a raise, find the person of your dreams, or you get what I mean. Less than two years after marrying Todd, at only 44, he needed open heart surgery, and it was a race against the clock to get him in the hospital and get it fixed before his heart expanded beyond repairability. I remember crying out to God in that time, Lord, have I finally found the man of my dreams and now you're going to take him away from me? I was afraid I was going to lose him, but through a miracle, God spared Todd's life and answered my prayers. It was the week before heart surgery that Todd and I signed the contract for publishing our books together. It doesn't make sense, but 
It does. Often a super high can be followed by or happen at the same time as a super low. That's what happened to Todd and I, and that's what happens next to the Israelites. Their mountaintop high from getting the foundation of the temple rebuilt was followed by a most unyielding opposition. Ezra 4 tells us all about the opposition to the rebuilding. In verse 1, he says, When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, Let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Eskardan, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the family of Israel answered, You have no part with us in rebuilding the temple of our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Zerubbabel and Joshua were wise to their fake kindness. Verse 4 goes on to say, Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So what are the enemy's tactics here? Discouragement, fear, manipulation of government officials, bribery, frustration, uncertainty. The enemy's tactics haven't changed since 586 BC. Sadly, we're too often an easy target. We just need to be alert to notice these tactics when he uses them. If you're feeling frustrated, uncertain, discouraged, or fearful, experiencing people outright fighting against you moving forward, it's not anyone. It's the enemy of your soul. As my wise friend Wendy Pauls once said, if they have skin on, they're not the enemy. Unlike the devil, God is creative. He's always doing something new, but the devil, he just recycles his plans and keeps doing the same thing because it works. Ezra 4 verses 7 to 24 sadly continues the saga and tells how the people manipulated the king of Persia to make a ruling banning the continuation of the rebuilding. It says that the enemies of the Jews compelled them by force to stop. And was this attack short-lived for the Israelites? Well, Ezra said it kept going on down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So they lived under this opposition for about 16 years before they can get back to rebuilding the temple. Have you ever had opposition in your life last for years, even decades like this? The people of Israel knew exactly how difficult it was to continue living in opposition day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. I remember one Sunday morning getting ready for church. I went to sharpen my eyebrow pencil, but there was nothing left. I had sharpened it so many times that it was completely worn out. There was nothing left inside. I looked at the pencil and thought it was a pretty good representation of how I was feeling. The words of Daniel 7.25 explained even deeper how I was feeling when it told how the enemy will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Highest One. 
Have you ever felt like someone's trying to wear you down? Issues unresolved in my life for almost a decade left my energy depleted in that moment. It's frustrating because in so many areas of my life, I had seen tremendous growth and increase, yet in a certain area of my life, the enemy seemed to have an upper hand on me. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You see, there literally is someone trying to wear you down. The enemy of your soul is trying to break your spirit so he can sap your energy and get you to quit. When talking about the devil, Jesus reminds us that he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil doesn't have good plans for your life, but God does. God has planned for your victory. Understanding victory is only achieved through a battle helps you accept that all victory doesn't come easy, but it will come. If you're feeling worn down, worn out, and sapped of strength today, please don't give up. I challenge you to fight the urge to become weary in well-doing because God's word is true and he promises that at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Let me help you stand strong at the Rise Women's Conference I'm putting on with Christian recording artist and episode number four guest Rochelle Fletcher from The Goodness Project this September 29th to the 30th, hosted by Evangel Church in Brantford. I hope you'll join Rochelle and I along with a host of amazing breakout speakers like Anne Maines, Wendy Pauls, and Lee Smiles for a life-changing event you don't want to miss. Check out the show notes, follow me on social social media, or join my subscriber list to keep up on all the details. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 151, Ever Feel Like Someone's Trying to Wear You Down, part two in our Rebuilding series. Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics and links to anything mentioned on the show at soulh2o.com slash 151. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. Take a screen capture while listening on your device and share on your social media to help spread the word about Soul H2O. Until part three next week, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.